Hey there. So welcome back. I have a fantastic guest for all of you here today. Uh, not going to lie to you. I was super excited to have her on for selfish reasons. Some of you guys may hear me mention a lot of my moaning and groaning about the whole dinner time thing. Cooking the nightly dinner for my family is not one of my most favorite activities. And as a time management coach, I'm always looking for systems and processes. I've tried different forms of meal prep and meal planning and all of that to just try and make it less burdensome feeling. And I kept running into brick walls. And so I was super excited to have Christine Pittman here on the show today. And when you listen to our conversation, like I feel finally, like all this pressure is off my shoulders because Christine is going to be sharing with you guys some great tips and strategies to help you when it comes to the dreaded, what are we having for dinner? But also I feel like I was just given permission to not have to be able to do it in kind of a lot of the prescribed ways that I see. So my biggest takeaway is I'm going to have something additional. I'm going to be bringing into my weekly planning process, which you guys are going to hear about. And I just can't wait for you guys to get connected with Christine. Definitely go check out her blog after listening to today's episode. Welcome to the Work-Life Harmony Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Sumrall. I'm a former techie turned entrepreneur. I'm also a mom and a wife. Just like you, I'm juggling hashtag all the things while running multiple businesses and a family. Being a successful female entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to feel overwhelmed, exhausted, and stressed out. Gaining control of your time and calendar is all about learning a few key techniques and systems to better organize and structure your time. This is your show to learn from me and other amazing women how to master your time and organization to skyrocket your productivity so you can have work-life harmony. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Work-Life Harmony. I have finally, finally gotten my act together because so many people have asked for, hey, Megan, what are your tips for like meal prep and cooking? And I'm always very honest, I hate every single aspect of it. So my solution is that I use one of the meal delivery services, probably two weeks out of every month. So I am thrilled to bring you guys, Christine. I'm going to let her introduce herself. She has got some amazing resources, and we're going to have a great conversation today about some time management strategies to help us in the kitchen, which I'm, I'm super excited. So welcome, Christine. I know your backstory, but I would love for you to share it with all of our listeners. Yeah. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me on. So I'm Christine Pittman. I am originally from Canada, but like 12 years ago, my now ex-husband was offered an amazing job opportunity in Florida. And so with a nine-month-old baby and half of a PhD in linguistics, that's what I was working on, we moved to Florida. And I was kind of lost, I guess. I didn't have friends and family here. I didn't have a work permit. I wasn't, I was allowed to be here, but I wasn't supposed to be earning income. So I couldn't really like pivot and find a job. My degree was specializing in Inuktitut, linguistics of like an Eskimoan Inuit language, which is wow. something that made sense in Canada, possibly. Although Florida, I never- not so much. <laughs> Not so much in Florida. No, there are not a lot of Inuit people around here. So so it was kind of that like floundering time. And I started a food blog, Cook the Story, 
in 2010, around then, really to do something because I had this, you know, the boredom of having a new baby and being home with them and being used to lots of intellectual conversation and no friends and family. So the site really started as a place to reconnect with friends and family back home and get some writing in and dive into stuff. And yet slowly over time, I eventually got a work permit and was able to think about maybe monetizing the site. It had gotten some traffic. And now we're, what are we, I guess, 11 years in and we have over 2 million visitors a month to the site and we're sharing recipes all the time. And I have a team. It's, it's really cool. Really, really great. I love that. And I just love the realness of, you know, I get intrigued with some of these like recipes and stuff that I see. And then I go and look at, I'm like, no, I don't have six hours to (laughs) boil down the bones for the, or just, you know, I love the idea of, oh, I'll go buy the whatever and then repurpose it. But if it's not laid out and really simple for me, again, I walk away. (laughs) So that's what I've so enjoyed with your blog as I was digging into it of just, it's like, I'm like, I can do that. And that's what makes me feel good because I am not a rocket scientist in the kitchen by any stretch. Yeah, I really think, you know, I think that my blog evolved over year over the years. I'll admit that one of the first recipes on there was a Ukrainian-Mexican fusion. It was like Mexican cabbage rolls or something. Don't look for it. I took it down. It's not there. I did not see that one. <laughs> but it's really become, I think I was trying to like, I don't know, show off or do something at some point. And now, and I got busier and busier, second child, like just all sorts of stuff going on. And it really became like, how am I cooking? And so there's a lot of great weeknight one pan things. And then there's also, I've realized there's also a lot of what I think of as like our traditional big gathering things, like how to roast a turkey, how to make gravy, those things that even if you're like a simple cook who just is doing that sheet pan instant pot thing during the week, Sometimes you're having a big hangover and you need to know how do I make mashed potatoes for 20 people or how do I, you know, so it's kind of both of those things. And I love, because I mean, I do, I mean, I give myself a lot of flack in the kitchen just because it's not a place of joy for me for the most part. Sometimes it is, but like if it's a holiday dinner and I'm cooking, then I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, That's what I'm always searching for. And for my, my go-to is still have my mom's old edition of joy of cooking, like the, okay, Mm -hmm. how do you? but some of it's so out of date. So it's nice to have resources like that out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So where would you say for hypothetically, you're talking to a lady that is just (laughs) cooking is not her favorite during the week. Where is you think some of the quick wins for people to start making the whole, I didn't realize I was going to be responsible for feeding human beings for the rest of my life. What are we having for dinner? Question less loaded and some systems we can start to get in place. Yeah. I think the first thing is, especially for women, we need to just realize that there is this weird expectation out in society or that we're giving to ourselves that we are not only supposed to be great at this, but we're supposed to love it. And I think, I think that both of those are separate axes like love it or hate it versus good at or bad at, you know, and we can be anywhere on those and that is okay. You know, I mean, I guess if you hate it and you're terrible at it, then that's even more stressful, but like, it's still okay. You know, we're not taught to do it the way that we were once upon a time. So I think just like, just like starting from the, I don't have to love it and I don't have to be great at it. Right. 
or, yeah. or I do love it. I'm not great at it or like any of those and like figure out that and give yourself that permission because then your expectation, your family's expectation is not necessarily that you're going to be smiling while serving a 12 course meal every day. Right. <laughs> I love that. You just said that. Cause I think part of me feels like what's wrong with me. Like, shouldn't mm. I want, cause I didn't used to feel this way about it. But now that so much of that expectation is on, you know, it's 6am, you have people going, what's for dinner? I'm like, I now know why my mom instituted a rule when we were growing up, which was we were not allowed to ask her what's for dinner before 4pm in the afternoon. (laughs) One day I I couldn't understand. I asked her why. And she's like, because if I know my answer is something you don't like, I'm already watching you groan at eight o'clock in the morning, knowing that now I'm going to give up all this time to make something that you're already unhappy about. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, no. Valid. I, I appreciate that rule. Yeah, no, that is a great rule. And I think also I have a 12 year old and a nine year old. So this is a struggle for me. But setting up that expectation sort of daily, like you don't have to love every mouthful of food that you eat. Yeah. You know, food is not food is actually sustenance first. And coming from, you know, a food blogger who's made this my career passion hobby, I love it, of course. And it, it does taste good a lot of the time. They don't like everything I make. You know, and and they don't want to eat their broccoli and their green beans, and they don't want to try butternut squash with peanut sauce or whatever it is that I'm doing. And it's a continuous like, I made this, and you maybe you can say to me, "Thanks for making dinner. This wasn't my favorite," but you don't have to spit it out or say "ew." And you can recognize that you you do we do we all need to do stuff we don't want to do including eating stuff we don't love so i think like setting up that expectation for ourselves i don't have to be great at it i don't have to love this it doesn't have to be perfect and also for them you're not always going to love everything and that is okay and you're doing me a favor i'm doing you a favor we're doing this together let's get through meal time as nicely as possible you know yeah Absolutely. That's, and I'm, I'm actually going to use that tonight. I definitely have a very <laughs> palate eater, which makes, you know, that even more challenging within preparing dinner. Cause sometimes we just want grown up food, which is not yeah. going to go well over there. So mm-hmm. as, and I know this isn't necessarily part of your expertise per se, but you are a mom with two kids mm-hmm. and tips for navigating those very picky eaters when you're trying to prepare meals for a week. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with it a lot. My nine-year-old still likes all of her food kind of separated. We do a lot of- same. Nothing touching. Yeah. And rinsing, like she doesn't, she likes tomatoes. She some, for some reason doesn't like it in spaghetti sauce. I don't understand. So I have to take her meat and rinse it. I think I do- I try to, yeah, I'm, this is not like, I'm not an expert at this at all. I only know what's working here and every single kid that I encounter is different. So, you know, but I think making sure that there are things on their plate that I like, like I always, I buy a rotisserie chicken, you know, every week, there's always a little bit of chicken I can cut up. She loves bell peppers and cucumbers. There can always be chicken, bell pepper and cucumbers on her plate. And then the other stuff is there that I'm making. Like it, the thing that I'm doing extra for her doesn't take any extra right. time really it's raw vegetables that, that that's what's working and then having the other stuff there and trying to like try a few bites have some of it but knowing i know that she's getting the nutrients that she needs a little bit of protein a little bit of vegetable you know and that's going to be okay and then getting her to try other stuff and trying to not take it on personally She's nine. I mean, she right. doesn't like when I tell her to clean her room. She doesn't like when I tell her to eat her broccoli. Like, it, w- yeah, okay. Like, 
fair enough. I'm like, I didn't like it either when I was nine. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'm trying always to make sure that they're getting healthy foods. And then as long as like the doctor's not saying to me that they're not thriving, that they're not gaining enough and they look healthy and they're getting their activity, I'm pretty much okay with it. That's where I'm at. That makes me feel better, honestly. Cause I'm like, I always call them my primer foods. I've always got like hard boiled eggs. She'll eat a hard boiled egg without and some raw. So I'm like something on the plate that I just know she likes. And then some of the other stuff. And then I think modeling, I think it's just it, like, to me, you know, they're seeing me eat international foods. They're seeing us enjoy them. The ingredients are familiar. I know my brother didn't like tacos when we were growing up and he went to his first girlfriend's house for dinner and he came back talking about how delicious tacos are. And my mom was furious, but <laughs> you know, he knew what they were. He knew what tacos were. He'd seen them. I mean, obviously we know what they are now. This was a long time ago, but like, the familiarity and knowing, and then when you're in that situation, being able to adapt and try new things and and knowing that the world tries new things, that's more important than actually enjoying them at that young age, probably. Yeah. So good. All right. So if we are trying to, one of my big challenges still is tackling this concept of meal planning slash meal prep. Mm -hmm. I've tried a lot of different flavors of this where, you know, kind of think through, okay, here's what I'm going to cook for the week. So then here's, I got to shop. But then I know people who will literally spend like four or five hours in the kitchen on a Sunday doing prep for the week, which I just don't want to, I'll, I'm not going to say I don't have the time I could make the time. I don't want to spend five hours of my weekend prepping to make the week go easier at dinner time. Do you have any advice for people that are kind of trying to get something in place to make the actual execution during the week easier to do, you know, some level of planning and prep if we're just kind of struggling with where to start with that? Hey there, if you are feeling overwhelmed, like your calendar is out of control, like you are just running against a race that will never end in terms of your to-do list, I have great news for you. I have just done a complete update on my app. Yes, I have an app in both the App Store and Google Play called The Pink Bee, and it is chock full of small but incredibly powerful trainings to help you get out of overwhelm. It includes my signature Ditch the Overwhelm training, an introduction to my time management framework. It can help get you started on weekly planning, helps you understand the four levels of planning, gives you access to my epic One Notebook Challenge, and some tips and tricks on how to get your phone organized. And all of that is available for you right inside the Pink Bee app. So open up either your app store or Google Play, do a search on the Pink Bee, all one word, download the app. And then to unlock all of that training, it's only $4.99 US. I will see you inside the app. Yeah, I guess I want to start by saying, I don't know, meal prepping doesn't work for everybody. And I'll tell you, it doesn't work for me. I love spending an entire day in the kitchen on the weekend, but it is my husband. That's yeah, like but, for him. but I, we have to like eat the food on the weekend. Like I find that there's something about the way my mind works or something that just because there's a box of cooked chicken breasts and a bunch of, I don't know, rice and that I don't end up making those things or something happens in my world. Like even during the pandemic where we're home all the time, if I go and stock my fridge with cooked stuff, suddenly we have plans every day and we're not home. Like there's, I know, like, right? There's like this weird, and I, I do think it's me because I have friends that this works for. So I think like knowing whether 
meal prep is something that's going to work for you. If you hate it, that's not going to work for you. If your family doesn't use those foods for whatever reason, that's not going to work for you. If you're finding yourself throwing out the stuff that you meal prepped, you know, the next weekend, then that's not working. Right. So I don't know that like necessarily doing meal prep is what works for everybody. I'm so glad that you said that. I feel like you just put like got this weight off my shoulders. So I'm like, why can't I work? <laughs> I'm glad. So then I think if you are going to meal prep, meal prep. If you're not going to meal prep, then I think it's important to identify like people have different preferences about how they like their cooking to be. I'm a big get it into the oven quick. And even if it takes an hour, I'm not standing there doing a whole lot of stuff. Whereas there's other people who would rather it take. I mean, I think about Rachel Ray, who of course was amazing 30 minute meals, but that is like active running around the kitchen for 30 minutes. That's a, that's a different kind of cooking. So you have to kind of know, like, like I have one of my favorite recipes during the week is a one pot pasta and I have like it formulaic. So you can use whatever you have in your kitchen and there's, you know, different adaptations for it. That is a, you stand there for 30 minutes kind of thing. But that one, the whole family likes, it makes a big, big batch. And I know it's going to be enough for like our dinner and then lunches for two days and one, one pot dirty at the end. So like that one, that one I'll hold on to. If there's going to be 20 pots dirty, and I'm running around for 30 minutes. Like, no, I could stand there and stir for 30 minutes, one pot, right? right. But I'm not doing You, you bring up thing. a good point. Yeah. Cleanup can be, that's a big, yeah. I love those one pot type meals. I'm like, oh, now mm-hmm. I'm not in the kitchen for 20 minutes after cleaning up everything that just went down. Yeah. Yeah. So I think kind of identifying, like, do you mind having things take longer? I mean, if you're getting home from work at eight o'clock and nobody's eaten yet, then you don't want something that's going in the oven right. for an hour. You do want to run around for 20, 30 minutes and get that quickly, right? Like that's a different. And then I think the other thing is, so there's those different types, right? There's like slow cooker cooked all day, instant pot, quick. We know we hear all these things all the time. One pot meal, a sheet pan dinner that goes into the oven, all these options. Realizing that, and everybody knows this, they just don't, that, each day is different, right? Like, especially if you, especially when you get into like teenager kid days and you're driving them to different places or like all of that, like one day might be, this is, oh, leisurely evening. I'm going to throw this in the oven for an hour and do, and, and put some laundry on or hang out with them or like whatever. And another day, again, you're getting home late and then it's a mad dash. So having, I think those few different strategies for, like these are my go-to relaxed evening dinners. These are my go-to quick evening dinners. And knowing that you have those different options and different styles and thinking of them in that way. This is busy yeah. dinner night dinner. This is relaxed dinner night, you know? That's really smart. It's funny. I realize I do a little bit of that intrinsically. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big believer in weekly planning. I coach everyone how to do your weekly planning. But I am like, I just realized when I was doing mine last weekend, I noticed, oh, I've got a very unusual night where I was the only time I could get fit in. So I've got a haircut at 530, which is usually when I'm, you know, we're kind of getting ready for dinner and all that. So I already went, okay, I got to save one of those pre-done meals for that night. And so I've got to make choices around that. But I'm now realizing I could really take this a lot farther during my weekly planning and look at each day. I'll know which days I'm going to have a lot of energy, which days I'm not. Mm -hmm. And can at least, even if I'm not prepping and all the, I could at least go, okay, this is going to be a, you know, a one pan night that night. I need to make sure of it versus 
Hey, I'm home all afternoon. This is a good night for me to throw a chicken in the oven or whatever. I love that. That's, you know, that kind of planning, I still have a little wiggle room of flexibility without having to prep it all all weekend too. Yeah. And I think that that like people have different personalities about this. So some people like I'm more of a rigid write down Monday to Friday on the left column and then mark down what we're making. And then I'm, I'm looking at my calendar and saying Tuesday is going to be yep. busier. I'm doing that. Other people might find it easier to instead choose three or four meals that are different in those ways and just have the ingredients for them and then decide on the day, depending on what's going on. You know, like last night I had, I was like, okay, I've got two quick meals this week. thought we were going to do another one. And last night we were like, none of us are really in the mood to eat that. So we've shifted it up and yeah, the other one on the list instead. Yeah. So having, depending on the personality, your personality, your family's personality, whether you have the flexibility and are just choosing a few different styles Mm -hmm. of cooking, versus like hard coding that into your schedule. I think that that's a different thing. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. I feel like there's so much of a, just hearing the permission of learn who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, are you a happy cooker, unhappy, all of that? What style of cookings do you like? And then apply it to your life. How do these work for you in a way to minimize stress? Cause I have found myself sometimes where I haven't planned it out well. And it is one of those like, running around the kitchen for 45 minutes with my hair on fire. And I've done this after a very high energy day. And it's like, just mm-hmm. sucked everything out of me where if I had intentionally thought this is probably not going to be a good night for that style of cooking, yeah. it definitely make some big changes for us at home. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's great. And I have, you know, what? I have a really great tip. I think that it resonates with me and I think it'll resonate with you and with other people too. We're all, meal planning is kind of a hot topic right now and we're, we're hearing about it all over the place. And that means that people are trying a whole bunch of different things. And I think what's been going wrong is if you try something and it doesn't work for your family, it kind of gets abandoned completely. And then you're floundering. And so what I've been doing is I have a printed calendar. I just printed a PDF calendar, but any like cat wall calendar thing that you've got. And I jot down on there what we ate for dinner in the few days before. Like whenever I grab it, I jot down in there what we've had. And what that ends up doing is obviously it's a track of everything we've eaten. So when I need ideas for what to make, there's a whole calendar full of them. But also if you are embarking on any of these different meal planning strategies and try something for a week, you're going to make note of those recipes and those things in there too. So even if you don't stick to that exact plan or that, you know, schedule or whatever they have you doing, you still like got something from it. Like there's those few things that worked that you can, Oh yeah. Or even it'll like trigger you in a good way a few months later to be like, Oh, we did try that. It kind of was okay. We could do that again for a week. So it doesn't have to be like all or nothing. It doesn't have to work perfectly for your family. It can be something that you're building over time. And I think if you keep track in a very easy, simple way of what you've done that has worked, then you're just building something that'll make your life easier later. Does that make sense? Oh, that totally makes sense. I'm going to probably label that like my, so we do, I do time audits and energy audits with people to help with planning. This could basically be a food audit but not in like the dietary I'm tracking every M&M I ate, but more 
these are the meals we liked. Here's what worked for us. Here's what didn't. Cause I do, I'll sit there sometimes. I'm like, I know we've eaten and I can't think of anything to make because <laughs> I, I haven't tracked that to go pull from. Yeah. And the other, like, I also will, like we have not so much now, but often lots of people coming into the house of family, my parents snowbird from Canada here or whatever different friends. And I'll make note of who was here because if somebody like there were was a vegan guest over, I can make note of that. And I'll be like, Oh, they were here and they liked that vegan meal or that, that worked when I needed to do that. So there's like, I'm saying that, but I don't want anybody to feel like they have to make tons of notes on this calendar, but there are like a bunch of different ways that you can make use of it that can help you later. Oh no. I think that's fantastic. I'm excited to, I, I feel like, okay, I'm going to find a way to bring some joy back into the kitchen. Some in a ways that's just not quite so stressful all the time. Yeah. I love this. Thank you so much. Where is the best place for everybody to be able to connect with you and start consuming your blog is amazing and all of those things. Yeah. So cook the story is the main website. And then I'm cook the story on social media everywhere, except I'm not on TikTok yet. Thinking about it, my daughter's trying to convince me, but (laughs) it's not happening. It was an epic fail for me. So not happening. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but in Instagram is great. The Facebook page, facebook.com slash cook the story. I'm on there too. And email to Christine at cookthestory.com. I get emails. I answer them. If people have pressing questions, I, I love I love helping anybody enjoy or manage to get through their cooking dilemmas. That's great. To get through. That's me. And I have for everybody listening, you can go into the show notes. I've got links for everything there as well. So that you can go get connected with Christine. And again, thank you so much. I feel like you've given me permission to, to do this in a way that works for me. So I'm very happy about that. Thanks for having me, Megan. Getting on top of all things time management, organization, and productivity doesn't have to stop just because this episode is over. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Megan Sumrall, or just open any browser and go to megansumrall.com. If spelling my name is a complete pain, just go to theworklifeharmony.com and grab my free time management cheat sheet. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share it.